of righteousness, Lord of glory, eternal rock of ages. Besides you, there is no other God. You are our Lord, our King, our Master, our Creator, our Father, our Mother, the lifter up of our heads, <laughs> our defense, hallelujah, our peace, our joy. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So we've been looking at faith and fruitfulness. Praise the Lord. Um, the reason we're doing all of this series right now is because of the instruction we received as a company. We received an instruction during the um, Watchman Conference last September, last month. And the Lord told us that um, we have been initiated into the next um, season of our lives or the next season of our ministry and the next seven years. And in the next seven years, um, God is expecting a harvest from this company. And if you join us daily, you are a part of that company, whether you come to the cave or not. If you're feeding from this table, you're a part of that instruction. Praise God. And the timeline that God gave us is seven years. And the Lord gave us three kinds of men that must be raised within the next seven years okay praise the lord i believe it will be measured to you according to the measurement of your faith hallelujah so he gave us men of faith grounded in faith praise god and it's because of that instruction we started the faith foundation school to relay um, the foundational truths that are critical to the making of um, a man who would be able to function in the next age, the kingdom age, the foundation for that man must be appropriately laid. The foundation is a faith foundation, praise God. Now, I've always said here that the faith we're teaching is not a name it and grab it faith. Is not a claim it, name it, and claim it. It's not a see it and covet it and confess it into existence. No, that's not the faith we are called to teach. We're called to teach faith according to the scriptures. Now, what does the scripture say? Jesus said something. Jesus said, when we pray according to the will of God, when we ask anything according to the will of God, hallelujah, it says that then we would have whatever we ask when we ask according to the will of God. And I have said in the course of this message that faith, the faith life is an instructed life. It's a life that is full of instructions, loaded with instructions, praise the Lord. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. 
And the just is that man that has received Jesus as Lord and Savior. The just man is that man whose sins have been forgiven. That's why you are just, you are called a just man. You have been justified freely from all things. Your sins have been forgiven you. Your iniquity has been taken away. Praise God. So you have been freely, freely justified from all things. Instead of being condemned for the things which you were meant to die for, but now you have received forgiveness of sins and God has taken your sins away, washed your conscience off your sin. You even live guilt-free. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? You live guilt-free. There's no condemnation. Satan is not able to put a yoke on your neck. Satan is not able to slam you with condemnation and guilt. Jesus ensured that his blood is strong enough to purge our conscience from dead works. Praise the Lord. Purge our conscience from the guiltiness of sin so that we can be able to lift up our heads and stand before God without condemnation so that we can serve him. Otherwise, we will not be able to serve God. We'll be very timid before God. We won't even be able to hear him. We won't be able to receive his instructions. So for us to hear him properly, he had to wash us of our sins, forgive us all our sins and justified us Hallelujah, so that we can stand in his presence. And now God is saying that this man that has been justified, cleansed, washed, and forgiven of her sins or his sins, there's a manner with which he would live his life. Praise the Lord. He said the way he will live is by what? By faith. It's by faith. The just shall live by faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. That's what it means. And the reason why it is by faith is because you and I are not able to see God literally. We're not able to see him physically. Assuming we're able to see God physically, those who have gone to heaven, those who have gone to be with the Lord, who are with the Lord right now, they are not living by faith. They are living their reality. Their life now is a real life, okay? Praise the Lord. But we are on this side of eternity and God is a spirit. And Bible says that those that worship him must worship in what? In spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit. God is in the realm of the spirit. Praise God. So the only way we can hear God, we can feel God, we can see God is first by believing. It is that believing, believing in whom we have believed in, believing in whom we are coming to, believing in whom we have come to, praise God, and being trained to believe what he tells us, that is the faith life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the words that we hear nurtures our heart, enlarges our heart, so that when we read the scriptures, we will believe the scriptures. It's critical for a child of God to be able to believe the scriptures. I worry, I sincerely worry when I meet a child of God and I'm trying to show you something for the, from the scriptures and you refuse to accept it. It gives me concern. Now, there's one thing with refusing to accept there's another thing with difficulty in obeying. Those are two different things, right? Praise God. But when a child of God refuses to submit to what God's word is saying, it's a cause for concern. I, I, sometimes I do wonder if the person is really a child of God. Now, that's my own weakness, okay? But that's just the truth. Why? Jesus said something. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Huh? That's a standard, right? My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. 
my sheep hear my voice. So if you are the sheep of the Lord, then you must be able to hear your father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we have looked at faith for our financial life. And um, I think we started off with that in the, you know, when we took off on this series, the first thing we did was faith for the fi our financial life. And the reason is because I see a lot of believers, many of us are struggling so much with our finances, okay? And it looks like if we do not follow the system of the world, we will not be able to make it financially. Now, I'm standing here boldly and clearly, and I'm saying that that is a lie from the pit of hell. You do not have to follow the system of the world. You do not have to do what the world wants you to do. You do not have to follow the fashion trend. You do not have to follow the economic trend to be financially, uh, financially what now? Financially afloat, praise God, hallelujah. Because there is a kingdom economics. There are economics of the kingdom that are clearly written in the scriptures, praise God. And the faith life is so complete that it doesn't talk only about money, neither does it talk only about your health. When you learn the fundamentals and the rudiments of the faith life, you will apply it to every aspect of your life. Praise God. So I'm not teaching you prosperity message. I'm not teaching health message. I'm not teaching social message, political message. No, 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 no. I'm teaching you the life a believer has been called to live. How we ought to live as long as we are on this earth. Praise the Lord. As long as you and I are on this earth, there is a manner, there's a mindset we must have. There is a mindset we must acquire. Say with me, acquire. Say with me, acquire. The reason why you have to acquire it is because you didn't have that mindset until you received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Bible says, for we know that we have what? The mind of Christ. So the mind of Christ has been made available for us. It's there inside our spirit. We have it. That's why the Bible says that we have it. But unfortunately, we're not manifesting it. We need to acquire it. How do we acquire it? By deleting the death programs that Satan has already written in our mind while we went to school, while we're growing up in our parents' house, while we're running around with our friends, while we were, you know, got married to a certain type of man or a certain type of family and lived in a certain type of society, while you give yourself daily to CNN and daily to uh, channels news and daily to financial news and daily to financial times and daily to all the predictions that have woe, 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 woe to mankind on them. So you have fed the mind with the negativity, praise God. You have fed the mind with death pronouncements, pronouncements of death. If you eat this, you will die. If you eat that, you will have cancer. If you go out at this time, this will happen to you. If you do this at this time. Now, these are, <laughs> these are programs of the world to control you. To control you, praise God. So what God wants to do for us is to deprogram our mind. Those who, who know the computer language understand what I'm saying. I dare say there's no one in this generation that doesn't understand basic computer terms. So we need, God wants to deprogram our mind from the things that we have learned. 
praise God, and replace them with what God's word says concerning you. There are things that God has spoken concerning you, concerning your daily life, concerning your yearly life, concerning your, your longevity on the earth, concerning your health life, concerning your social life, concerning those you hang out with. Blessed is the man who does not what? Walk and what? The counsel of the ungodly. Nor does he stand with sinners. Nor sit with scorners. That's your social life God is addressing right there. The place where you have fun, where you have pleasure, where you, you know, uh, 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 relax. And you are, you are vulnerable. You eat, you laugh, you joke. You crack jokes. Right. Bible says it must not be with the scorners, it must not be with sinners, it must not be with the scornful, it must not be with the ungodly. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you say, Sister Chin, are you saying that we shouldn't talk to unbelievers again? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm talking about where you draw information that will affect your mind. Okay? When you sit in the company of those that have power to influence your mind and push you in a certain direction, ensure that they are not this type of people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Can you pray in, in tongues for a bit? Just, just pray in other tongues. Sherigabosota Rekete keneke popo sukayande ke posi yalababa baro koseka na kita yana shandalisa oroko posokona kapasunda ligaba zebronda guzogoda gadiga babazuta lagaba ezoba zogode dagaba zonda ligaba da zonda dagaba bazonda eleke posokotana kapasi kente eri pasukotana kapapasokota inagaba sota esekatana kapasundeli ke posonda ya Erika posaka na kapapasite lete osokota na gabashinda liga baragababasonta I want us to pray in the spirit masukata na gababa elika sunende ke pronoko posita la baba jiga zukotende like posokotanda ya eseketa nege bobosika prode rakataka na gababa sukota na gababa sheta ya la baba rakapasokota na kapasita laba eli parande ke seketa nege bobo berende ge bosokota na gababa sota laba elika pusakata na gabashinde lege bosuta ya la baba shande Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Lord, we call, we pull on the spirit of faith. We stir up the spirit of faith in our midst. We stir up faith in our hearts. We declare that we live by faith. We live by your word. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord, by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, man can be sustained, can be kept, Whew, glory to God, by the words spoken by God. Hallelujah. In the cool of the evening, God, the voice of the Lord came walking in the garden. In the cool of the evening, the voice of the Lord came walking in the garden. Now, it was what Adam 
communicated, received from the voice of the Lord that was working in Adam that kept him in Eden. So man shall live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Now the day Adam stopped hearing the voice of the Lord walking in, in, in the garden, he began to live another kind of life. Another kind of life. And that life he began to live was a life that brought death. Hallelujah. So God wants to bring life back to us by teaching us how to live again. Hallelujah. So we need to be ready to drop some of our human philosophies, some of our theology, some of the things that we have believed in, and just latch onto the, onto the word of God fiercely. You know, fiercely. Let's be tenacious in holding onto the word of God. Praise God. Let's fiercely hold on to the word of God. And like I said last week, the word of God is able, is able to defend itself. The word of God is able to do for itself what it has spoken. The word of God is quick. The word of God is sharp. The word of God is alive. The word of God is a discerner. That means the word of God is not just mere words, you know. It's not the letters that are written. It's living and active. Hallelujah. We can live by it. That's the essence of this foundational school. We can live by the word of God. We can live by the word of God. We can live by the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're looking at fruitfulness, faith and fruitfulness. Last week, we began to look at fruitfulness as an instruction, as a commandment. Be fruitful, multiply. Be fruitful, multiply. Be fruitful, multiply. Both of them go hand in hand. Hallelujah. In fact, I saw something very interesting in the book of Genesis chapter, chapter 1, verse 22. I don't know what it means. I've been asking the Lord, praying in the spirit and asking for insight. I haven't gotten it yet. So if, I, if we read it and you get it, please share with us. And God bless them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea. God told man, fill the waters in the sea, in the seas. I, I doubt that it is man's responsibility to fill the waters in the seas. How do you fill the waters in Atlantic Ocean? I just saw that for the first time as I mused over these scriptures um, that have to do with fruitfulness. Praise God. So you see that bearing fruit is a very strong commandment to a believer. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, Jesus said something. Jesus said that any tree that does not bear fruit will be cut off. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? Please, can you show that scripture to us? Any, any tree that does not bear fruit, that that tree would be cut off. So it means that fruitfulness is not just having plenty of children. It means that fruitfulness is not having plenty of money. It means that there is something deeper and more that God is looking at when he instructs us to bear fruit. Now, uh, um, this is John chapter 15. I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. 
Hallelujah. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, these are clear instructions. This is very clear. So it, the fruitfulness God is talking about is just is beyond the natural acquisitions of things that any man can do. Any man can achieve that. Because this fruitfulness God is talking about here is he has defined the kind of fruitfulness it is. That this fruit is only those who are abiding in him. And the instruction to abide was not given to unbelievers. He said something first. Okay? He said, you are already made clean. Right? He said, look. You are already clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. So the words that I have spoken to you has already washed you okay so you have been justified you see that you have been justified you have received justification praise god now the man that has received justification must bring forth fruits must come into fruit bearing hallelujah thank you jesus say with me say say with me i'm a fruit bearing tree Say with me again, I am a fruit-bearing tree. Say with me again, I'm a fruit-bearing tree. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, to bear fruit means to, to reproduce, right? It means to reproduce. Bearing fruit looks like something that comes from birthing. Okay, because the trees reproduce after their kind. If you go to a mango tree, you're not going to pluck a coconut fruit. You're going to get mango fruits. If you go to coconut tree, you won't get uh, pear fruit. You will get coconut uh, fruit. So fruit bearing has to do with nature. Fruit bearing has to do with kind. Fruit bearing has to do with genealogy. Fruit bearing has to do with uh, multiplying after a kind. After a kind. And what God has done from the beginning is that he has infused himself inside of us. Hallelujah. Listen to me carefully now. He has infused his DNA. He has infused his genes inside of us. So that we have become the gene carriers of God, the DNA carriers of God. So that by the, whenever we begin to bear fruit, it is compulsory that the fruits we bear will look like him. Now you say, um, that means having children. No, there is fruit bearing in every aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our lives. We bear fruit in every aspect of our lives. We are expected to be fruitful. I cannot now separate multiplication and fruitfulness because it looks to me like they are the same. Or, or rather, they, they complement one another. That's right. Okay. So one is a multiplication, but the other is saying that multiplication must be after a kind. So you don't multiply the wrong things. You are not bearing fruit. Even though there is multiplication, 
But because it is not after the kind of God or the kind of Christ, it will not be accounted as fruit bearing to you. So Paul says, let every man be careful what he builds because it must have Christ in it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that means there is a manner by which God wants me to make wealth. Assuming, assuming, <laughs> assuming wealth creation is allocated to me. You know, let me say, tell us something. There are some people chosen by God whom wealth making has been allocated to. I believe that very strongly. Praise God. I believe that there are different, you see, I believe that there are different, I don't want to talk like a non-believer, I don't want to use, you know, everything. I wanted to say, you see, these five figures are not equal. No, that's not the point. <laughs> we want to remove some of these uh, borrowed motivational uh, slogans. You know, when I was praying earlier on, I wanted to say, you know, like the word they will say, a fool at 40 is a fool forever. It's not true. Now, it's unfortunate if someone is still a fool at 40. <laughs> Praise God. But he will never be a fool forever if he can allow Christ to come in. If he allows Christ to come in at 50, Christ will change your life at 50. If you allow Christ to come in at 60, Christ will change your life at 60. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. So the, the day a man acquires the fear of God, he's no longer a fool. He has become a wise man. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say, there's hope for me. Say, there's recovery plan for me. Hallelujah. Say, there's recovery for lost grounds for me. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. So there is a manner. There is a manner like Enoch. Thank you so much. There is a manner like Enoch, like Abraham. I mean, sorry, like Abraham. Abraham was called at old age. He was way beyond 40 years old when God called him. Abraham was a worshiper of idols before God called him. This is hot. Abraham was a worshiper of idols before Abraham, I mean, before God called him. Praise God. Moses, Moses was 40 years old when he displayed the biggest foolishness of his life and killed an, killed an Egyptian and killed an and uh, went to separate battle, a fight between his brothers the next day. That was foolishness. That was not the wisdom of God instructing him. That was the wisdom of man. And the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. Praise God. So what happened? He ran away, went away for another 40 years. And after 40 years of training, God appeared to him at age 80. 80 years old, God appeared to him and gave him fresh instructions for his life. And he lived another 40 years as healthy, as strong as when he was 40 years old come on this is a supernatural life we've been called to live it we've been called to live it supernatural life hallelujah and right now god is training us training us training us he'll train you in the natural he, god is interested in your natural life recently god instructed me start going for walks as a younger woman i used to do exercise do aerobics when i was having my children earlier but recently, I've just become heavy, like a log of, you know, I just, you know, collapse. And God told me, God instructed me, one of the, uh, the times I took time off, he said, begin to go for walks. And my husband was observing, and my husband saw that the first day I went for that walk, that as I came into the house, I began to do things I had never done, I hadn't done in a long time. 
He saw activity. He saw strength, physical strength. I said, yes, something happened. Just one day obedience. To what? Natural life. You know, scripture says something. Scripture says that bodily exercise profits what? Little. So there is something that bodily exercise will give us. So if you do not exercise and move your body, you will lose that aspect of life. So you are pregnant and heavy, and every day you lie down like this. For morning to night, you don't move your body. On the day of labor, you will push like you, you will think you're going to die <laughs> from pushing. Why? Your body was inactive. Now, the Bible said concerning the Hebrew women, he said that they brought forth quickly because they were active. Don't ignore that part. Don't read supernatural childbirth and become a log and a, a, <laughs> a couch potato. Just sitting down, stretch your legs, protrude your stomach. No, be active. And you will bring forth like the Hebrew women. Scripture will, will defend itself. Praise God. Caleb said, give me that mountain, I will take it. For the same way I am, I am 80 years old, and the way I felt when I was 40 is the same way I am feeling right now. What was he doing the last 40 years? He was trekking up and down in the wilderness, <laughs> eating healthy and fellowshipping with the glory of God. Praise God. So it was difficult for age to catch up with him. It was difficult for his bones to age. Why? He was active. Hallelujah. So God is interested in our natural life. God is interested in all of these aspects of life. But he wants things done his way. I want to go back again to what, I, what, I, what the Lord taught me. Because I prayed, I kept asking the Lord, what is the difference? I looked up in the Hebrew, I looked up in the Greek. I couldn't find it. Okay, it was not given to me from the letters of dictionary. I mean, Hebrew or Greek dictionary. What is the difference between multiply and fruitful? And I saw that everywhere they were used together. Be fruitful, multiply, be fruitful, multiply, be fruitful, multiply. Praise God. And I want to say again that multiplication in number without fruitfulness is not of God. That's not what God is talking about. What God is talking about is multiplication with identity, with DNA, because to be fruitful means birthing. You birth from your loins, you birth from your womb. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So your fruit, your multiplication, the things that you are multiplying must have the semblance of Christ. Hallelujah. Otherwise, your, your multiplied goods, permit me to use that word, will be burnt up on the day of judgment. Right? The Bible says every man's works must be tried. What manner of work it is. So all that you have multiplied on the earth must be put through fire to see whether you did it by the standards of Christ or whether you did it by yourself alone because he said something he said except you abide in me you can't bring forth fruit you are the vine you must abide in me you must abide in me 
So there are principles of Christ. Permit me to use the word principles. I don't like using principles too much because the word uses a lot. And I don't want us to misunderstand and start learning principles. We're not supposed to be learning principles per se. We're supposed to be learning the life, the life that is in God. Hallelujah. A life that is in God. There is a way that God prospers. There is a way that God leads. There is a way that God promotes. There is a way that God multiplies. And it will come to you by following him. By us following him. Hallelujah. How do I follow God? I follow God with my heart, first of all. Huh? Where is Jesus? Where is he? Where, where is he? Where is the, uh, 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 the race track or the marching track where he's marching so that we can all go and line up behind him and start going after him? No, no, that's not. It's not an ant movement, ant line. You know, when ants are joining, one of them has gone to they found, found sugar somewhere. They go back to their colony and go and tell them, hey, I got some food right here. And it's okay, lead us to the place. So the one that found it first is in front and all of them are behind, going behind. <laughs> Going behind the ant. Francis, please put your grandma close by. She needs to hear me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. That's not that kind of following. We follow the Lord, first of all, from our hearts. Okay? We must make room for Jesus in our hearts. We must make room for the word of God in our hearts. That's where it starts from. That's where we start following the Lord. And then the Lord will start leading us. The Lord knows where your next meal is. Hmm. The Lord knows who has the key to the next door you should access. The Lord knows who you have been sent to, where they are, they are located, and what will unlock the people to you. So, for me to bear fruit, I start first by my heart. My heart. Instructing my heart. You know, David instructed his soul. David gave instructions because sometimes his soul wants to be rebellious. I want you to learn that. I want you to culture that as a lifestyle. Look at yourself and instruct yourself sometimes. So there are sometimes I'm thinking something. There's a, a manner, a life, or a, some things I'm seeing in myself I want to correct. And I am talking to my mind inside my mind. But I am, I, sometimes I see it's not effective. That alone is not effective. So I speak out. I speak out to myself. I tell myself, mm -mm. this thing good. This thing you did now is not correct. I instruct myself, open my mouth, say it to my hearing. I say, this is below the standards of righteousness. This is below the standards of God. Hey, look at me. I'm not talking about fornication, adultery, stealing, lying. No, 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 no. When we mature in God, we begin to align ourselves with the counsel of God. We're coming into maturity. That's actually when fruit bearing starts. So if you're still living in sin, you are not bearing fruit yet. If all you have done is overcome sin, you have not entered into fruit bearing yet. That is good. That is the first thing we start with. That is the beginning of our faith life. And I'm not saying that when you have overcome sin, you will never fall again. No, that's not what I'm saying. A man can fall into temptation. That's different. But not, no child of God should live a lifestyle of sinning. If, if that is your perpetual life, and that is your daily life, then there's a major problem. We need to solve that problem first. We need to address that issue. Take a pause and address that issue. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to see something in the book of Genesis, chapter 17. Hallelujah. I want to read from verse 1. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, a fool at 40 is not a fool forever. <laughs> Even a barren man at 90 is not a barren man forever. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. You see that? I will multiply thee exceedingly. Now, it is God who said he will multiply him exceedingly. Praise God. I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. Neither shall your name anymore be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 6 again and mark it in your Bible. He said, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. Your fruitfulness will be exceeding, surpassing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm? And I will make nations of you and kings shall come out of you and I will make my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto you and to thy seed after thee. Hallelujah. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all that land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this is the covenant that God, there's something I want to bring out of here. And what I want to bring out of here is the issue of genealogy, the issue of genes, and the issue of the kind of fruit, okay? And how the kind of fruit that we bear is tied to the word of God or tied to the voice of God, tied to the instructions of God. Because if you look at the life of Abraham, even though Ishmael was born from his loins and carried his natural genes, but there was another instruction, which is this word of the Lord that has to accompany that seed. 
Who, who is understanding what I'm saying? Who understands what I'm saying? Who doesn't understand what I'm saying, rather? If you don't understand what I'm saying, raise up your hand. If I see I understand, I will continue. If I see I don't understand, I will go back and explain. Please say again, thank you so much. So, God, now I read Genesis chapter 17 to us. And this Genesis chapter 17 is a powerful scripture. It's a scripture we can depend on. It's a scripture we can, you know, rely upon when we are counting on our covenant promises. We can come here and tell God, I am Christ. Hallelujah. And because I am Christ, I am Abraham's seed. And this is the promise that you made to Abraham and to his seed. So I am a part of these wonderful blessings. Okay. Hallelujah. But God in speaking to Abraham at this time was not talking about just bearing natural children. Because Abraham had children by Keturah. Abraham had children, by, had a son by Haggai, the one we know that the Bible talks about is Ishmael. But after Sarah died, he had another wife and had other women and he had children by them. But God had no recognition of those ones. Why? The word of his promise was not on them. The word of his promise was not on them. The word of his covenant was not on them. The word of his promise was upon the one that Sarah will birth for him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because what would have happened to Abraham is that Abraham would have waited and seen that time is going. God has made promises to me. Shabi said, I will have children. Himself and his wife, they would have decided, okay, just go into this woman and let's, let's, let's bring forth God's promise. That's what God said. But God doesn't only just say what he will do or what will happen to you. God also teaches us how. He teaches us how. The how. The how. Now, that's the how is where many of us are struggling. It's where many of us are struggling because in the how, the enemy comes to fight us. The enemy comes to give us options. The enemy comes to, when there's delay, the enemy comes to introduce something else. Praise the Lord. The enemy will bring in compromise. The enemy will bring in arm of the flesh. There is a how with God. When Jacob went to serve Laban or Laban, I don't know how you call it, I'm not a Canaanite. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes, somebody said, Isaac, multiply. Let me, let me, let me read that again. I, I love that. Multiply versus Isaac, fruitfulness. That's right. Ishmael multiplied versus Isaac fruitfulness. Isaac is fruitfulness in multiplication. Ishmael and Co is multiplication without fruitfulness. So you see their fruits, you see their own multiplication. They produce the Edomites. They produce the Moabites. They produce the Edomites. 
and all of them became children of Bea, children of, of Belial, children of Satan. They served idols. They offered their children, they passed their children through fire. And they came attacking Israel until today, the fury and the wrath of the Edomites is still alive. So that's multiplication without fruitfulness. That's what I'm trying to open for us. Now, fruitfulness was with Isaac. Why? Because the word of the oath, the word of the oath was with Isaac. That word of the oath was the word of the Lord. And that's what I'm trying to say, that there is no fruitfulness outside of Christ. For a believer, you cannot bear fruit by yourself. You are the vine. I am the what? The vine dress. I am the vine. You are the branches, rather. Now, if you don't stay in me to receive of me, to be nourished by that which flows in me, you cannot bear fruit. Even if you multiply, you will not bear fruit. Thank you, Jesus. So it is compulsory, it is critical for a believer to be raised and to be taught the rudiments of the life that is in Christ so that everything you are bringing forth must be after his kind, whether it's finances, whether it's estates, whether it's children. You cannot afford to have children multiplying numbers and not be fruitful in them. How are they fruitful? By ensuring that Christ is in them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are we receiving light? Praise God. So why does God, why does God want us to hear him constantly? Why does God want us to hear him constantly? So that we can be fruitful. That's why. So that we can be fruitful. That's why he needs us to have an ear that is open to hear him. Otherwise, we can multiply without fruitfulness. So that constantly as we hear him, he instructs to the pattern. He instructs to the how. He instructs to the when. It's not time now. Wait. 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 It is time now. Move. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, this is the life that we must pursue. This is the fruitfulness that we must pursue. Now, God told Joshua, he said, this book of the law shall not what? He said, it shall not depart out of your mouth. He said, you shall meditate on it what? Day and night. Day and night. He said, therein, therein shall you make your way prosperous. Recently, a young man called me and said, I had a word of knowledge for him and said, complained and said this has happened to me i've noticed in the past this number of months this and this and this has been happening things have not been working according to how they should and i prayed with him and i told him what to do and the first day he began to do what i asked him to do he said he normally would fast till about 11 12 
and he's done fasting. And, you know, for, for him, fasting would just be not to eat. And that's it. But this time around, because of the prophetic word, now, I'm going to go, come back there to teach us something, but let me just finish what I'm sharing. I'll come back to this prophetic word, okay? If I, if I, if I don't come back, please call me back. That'll be the last thing I, I would share and we would close. It's almost time to go. Praise God. So now, because of the prophetic word and the prophetic manner by which we ought to live our lives, he practiced the prophetic when he was fasting. And throughout the whole day, he was prophesying he was speaking forth. He was meditating on the word and fasted, went beyond his body capacity. His normal body fasting capacity is 12. That day he pushed ahead of it. That very day, some things were reversed. That very day, some things were reversed. It was, it was like this. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we are a people that have been called to be able to hear God. That's why we are a people of prophecy. We're a prophetic people. Go with me to Exodus chapter 19. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you being blessed tonight? Glory to God. Yes, don't forget the prophetic word. That's what I'm about to, to share. Okay? Hallelujah. Now, the prophetic is not mystical. God has made it in a way that every child of God must be prophetic in nature. How am I prophetic? By feeling God's word in my heart and then by declaring it over myself. That sounds easy, right? But why is it difficult for us to do? That sounds easy. Feeling God's word, fill my heart with the word of God and then declare it prophetically. Now, part of what we do is that we don't declare prophetically, we, we labor, we fight, okay? But God is raising a people, a prophetic company, who will foretell, bring forth the word of the Lord by speaking consistently in agreement with what God is saying. Speak more with what God is saying than petition. Prophesy over a matter more than asking, asking, you ask in the morning, you ask in the afternoon, you ask in the evening. Tomorrow again, we're still asking for the same things. But the first day you asked, it was given. The first day you asked, except God didn't hear. If ever God heard, if he ever has ears, the first day you asked, he heard. So what do I do with the rest of the time, which I'm in God's presence? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be foretelling, prophesying that which God has spoken. Establishing them, calling those things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah. I hope that made sense. I hope we got that. Did we get that? 
Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Declare the decree. That's it. That's it. So these days, instead of saying, ah, this, 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 uh, my children, why, why don't they behave? Mm -mm, speak forth what you want. I declare over you that you will multiply. I declare over you that you will grow. I declare over you that you will, come, you, you will overcome. You are an overcomer. I declare that you are holy. I declare you are separate from sinners. You see a contradiction in their lives. You speak the opposite. In prophecy, in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the reason it hasn't worked the way it's supposed to work for us is because we, ha we have not learned to carry the culture of carrying God's presence with us. The culture of carrying his presence daily. Now, if we read the epistles, if we read the scriptures, read the Psalms, and read the epistles, you know, line by line, looking for meaning and looking for practice. When you read scriptures, look for practice. I've said that many times, haven't I? Look for culture. Look for what people did, what they practiced, how they lived their lives, what they did. Okay? See how they ended. See how it, it see how they ended and see what came out of it. Whether it was actually what God wanted or what God didn't want. Praise God. Hallelujah. I was coming back with someone this evening and we were talking about Elijah. And we were talking about the operations of Jezebel and the wickedness of Jezebel and how a prophet as mighty as Elijah was intimidated by what he saw from what Jezebel said. He didn't hear what Jezebel said. He saw it. Maybe he saw it because he was a prophet. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he saw it because Jezebel released spirits through her words. Praise God. So when Jezebel said, by this time tomorrow, what you did to my prophets, I will do the same thing to you. The Bible records that Elijah saw and Elijah ran. Elijah ran. When Elijah ran, the first place he went to was to where? The brook, right? He said, okay, go to that brook. I'm going to feed you there. I'm going to send a raven and I'm going to send, uh, there's water in the brook. So you will drink water from the brook and then the raven will come and feed you with bread every morning and every evening. You will live by that. So when Elijah got there, what the first thing God asked him is, Elijah, what are you doing here? But I thought he was sent to the brook. Right? And then after the brook dried up, the angel of the Lord came to him and brought him angel food. And he ate and the angel encouraged him, eat, oh, eat this food because the journey is going to be for many days. And Elijah consumed all the food. Now, after Elijah was done eating the food, the journey started for 40 days and 40 nights. No food. He wasn't hungry. He wasn't tired until he got to where now? The mountain, right? Mount Horeb, right? Good. 
So when he got to Mount Horeb, God came down to the mountain. And God was still asking, Elijah, what are you doing here? That's when he exploded and told God, look, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I learned so much from that scripture. I learned that God works with us. When we are weak, he works with us. When we are strong, he works with us. When we're weak, he walks with us. When we are tired, when we want to give up, he walks with us. He helps us give up honorably. <laughs> so long as we were serving him faithfully. Because Elisha was weak. Elisha was, he, was he, he had had it. He wasn't ready to face Jezebel again. Was not ready. God told him, okay, that's fine. You've done well. It's time to come. You're a perfect man. Walked with me all the days of your life. I want to dare say there was no sin in Elijah's life. His body didn't see corruption. That's why I'm saying that. His body did not see corruption. There was no sin in his life. And God said, okay. Even though your assignment is not finished on the earth yet, but I'll remove you from the earth physical realm for now. Okay. Hallelujah. Because Elijah has ministry. He had ministry when Jesus came. He, had ministry. he has ministry today. He has ministry in the future. For now, I will take you out of the earth. But when you live here, this is what you are going to do. Anoint king of Syria. Anoint Jehu, king of Israel. Anoint Elisha to take your place. From one man, three horns came out. And that was not all. Because what Elisha collected was a double portion. I've deviated from my message. Or have I deviated? <laughs> what Elisha collected was a double portion of the anointing that was upon his life. The first, the, 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 the inheritance of the firstborn. Which is not all. Because he splits between all the children. And then he gets the double portion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so maybe someone needed to hear that. So in essence, please don't give up. As a believer, don't say, I'm tired. If you say you're tired, God will cooperate with you. Right? Particularly if you've been working with God. If you've been serving him faithfully. And after a while, the pressures of this world, the challenges of life, the attacks of Satan, now that's what Satan does, that's his ministry, to wear the saints out. He wears you out. You become weary in your mind. And you say, I want to give up. I'm tired. And the Lord will say, go get him. Yes, go get him. Go get him. He's not going to die like a dog. He's not going to die like a pig. He's not going to die like the wicked. Go get him. He was faithful in my house. He walks with me. Go get him. Go and show him how to distribute what he has left on the earth. And let him come home. Don't say you are tired. That's what I'm saying. Don't say you're tired. Otherwise, heaven will guide you on how to go. Maybe I'm talking to myself. All right. All right. Genesis, Exodus 19. We'll continue from there. 
You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagle's wings. I was talking to someone on this platform. That word was for someone on this platform. That word was for someone on this platform. Thank you, Jesus. You have not finished your work. You have not finished your assignment. You have not finished what God sent you to the earth to do, but you have worked with God faithfully. You need to continue until you can say like Paul, I have finished my course. I have finished my course. I have finished my course. Very important to finish your course. Hallelujah. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. I want to teach this a bit. Okay. And I want to teach this a bit to business people, including myself. Okay. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm teaching this to a people without covetousness. I'm teaching these things to a people who I believe have received certain level of training of the spirit that they will know what God, when God wants them to go for something and when God, when God doesn't want them to go for it. A people that are not led by lust. A people that are not led by what they see with their optical eyes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, God said here, he said, you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Do you know why he put for all the earth is mine? Because the earth is, for, is under contention. The sons of this earth, the sons of natural birth sons of the earth are fighting for possession of the earth. They are fighting for kingship of the earth. They are fighting for rulership of the earth. But God is saying the whole earth is mine. I'll give it to anyone I want to give it to. I'll give a portion of it. I have the power, I have the authority to give it to anyone that I want. I have the authority to dispossess people. God said, I will dispossess the Canaanites for you. Their father was not born in Canaan. Abraham was not born in Canaan. So it's not like Abraham was born in Canaan and journeyed back to the Assyrians, right? He was an Assyrian, isn't it? Okay? He was a stranger in Canaan. It was not his land. But God said, come, let me show you something. You will walk the length and the breadth of this land. Abraham walked through the length and breadth of that land, aided by angels, because you cannot walk the length and breadth of that land as a natural man. But I can assure you, he walked the length and breadth of it. Supernaturally, he did. Praise God. I've seen somebody journey supernaturally with me before. Myself and my son, we, were, we made a journey to Ibadan one day. It was Lawrence's wedding we were going for. Was it Lawrence's wedding or God's will's wedding? It was God's will's wedding. We were going for God's will's wedding. wedding. Now, I, we were in the car. I was in the car with my daughters and other people. And we were bickering in the car, complaining, and complaining about him. Now he went 
through a, a route that had more traffic, that was longer. He was held down by policemen, but he got to the wedding one hour before us. How did he do it? How did it happen? In his car, he was praising God and worshiping God all the way. So God gave speed to his, gave wind to his movement. You can move by your utterances, by the atmosphere you create. They will remove your wheels of your chariots and you will drive hard. So God said, don't murmur. On the journey, don't murmur. Don't complain. That's for someone. Praise God. So he said, he said here, he said, then you shall have, be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine. And I was saying here that because all the earth is his, he can give it to anyone. He can dispossess a people and give it to you. So every child of God, every businessman, every businesswoman must come here and make a covenant with God. Come to this scripture and make a covenant with God. He says, you shall be a, unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So you must learn the priesthood and you must be a holy child of God. And you will activate. Why? By obeying his voice and keeping the covenant. What will you activate? You will activate this next line. You shall be a peculiar. I will prefer you over all people. I will prefer you over all people. When you are in contention over an estate, over a portion of the earth, I will choose you above them. You can take this to the bank. You can take it to the bank. Now, the reason why things don't work our way is that we don't even know what to bring before God. We do not know how to pray as we ought to. The scripture says that. Or our hearts are filled with lust, filled with covetousness. So the powers of the kingdom are not easily released to us. Why? We are not obeying his voice. We are not keeping his covenants. And when we obey his voice and keep his covenant, you will be a peculiar treasure, a preferred treasure. I will prefer you above your neighbor. <laughs> it's not a curse. So it's the blessing of the Lord. For you, I will prefer you. You will choose me above them. You choose me above the wicked. You will give me this portion. Why? I obey your voice. I keep your covenant. I'm a holy nation. You said so. The earth is yours. You will give it to whomsoever you please. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, Bashaka Hatala Bashande de 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 Glory to God. Pastor Chi, can you please clarify what you mean by keeping his covenant in this context? Yes, keeping his covenant in this context means walking. First of all, you must walk in the consciousness. You must walk in the consciousness of who you have become. The covenant you have been engrafted into. 
You are the seed of Abraham. It is critical. I said it the first day that the foundation, the foundation of the faith life is who we are. That's where it starts from. Because the blessings under the sun was given to one man. His name is Abraham. And God wants us, Gentiles, who have come into Christ to partake of it. Otherwise, we won't be able to partake of it. Because his gifts and callings are without repentance. They are irrevocable. He can't go to Abraham and say, no, it's no longer for your descendants. He made an everlasting covenant with him. And gave him all the blessings under the sun. Without sweat, that labor, hard labor. Hard labor was for the descendants of Adam. So they pride in their hard labor. That's why they work us nine to five, eight to five, work overnight to be able to eat, just eat, eat, eat the food that ants will smell and go and call their brothers. He will give freely to butterflies, birds on the streets. When a lion is hungry, he knows how to summon another beast for the lion to eat. But we, we walk and walk until we age. We're not supposed to. We're supposed to be laboring in the spirit, laboring to wear his image, laboring to come into rest. I'm not saying you shouldn't walk at all at all. That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm saying walk an instructed walk. Right? What can it start learning it? Start practicing it. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, how do you want me to do this? Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, how should I do this? Sometimes you need to shut down. Back in the day, my husband would tell me, honey, rest. Cover this thing. I say, no. I used to pride in hard work. I say, I will, I will walk. I, 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 I am strong. I will walk. Rubbish. Until God began to teach me how to come into rest. So I'm resting in the labors of the flesh, but I'm not resting in the spirit. I labor in the spirit because the Bible says, labor to enter into your rest. So I learn the tools, the tools of the kingdom that will bring forth increase and multiplication. There are things you learn in the kingdom that we put poverty to a perpetual end. There are things, truths you will learn in the kingdom that will put sickness to a perpetual end. I listened to a man of God once boast. He was not boasting in the flesh. He was boasting in the Lord. He said sickness. <laughs> sickness with his uh, co-preacher. <laughs> he laughed. He said, where is it? <laughs> where, where, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> I said, uh, is this not pride? It's not pride. It's not pride. There's something he learned. Because this same preacher said there was a time he used to be sick every day. Every time he was always sick, always malaria, always malaria. Today he doesn't call malaria. He said malaria is a demon. He said mosquitoes have no authority to bite him. And they don't bite him. He has journeyed. He's seen higher. He has refused to bring his body subject to Malaria. There was a time if I travel out of the country, I will buy quinine. I will buy uh, uh, anti-malaria to go. When you come back, you take. When you are there, you take. Why? You were living under the elements of this world. Right? It's something the body has not learned. The body has not submitted itself to. 
Praise God. One of my sisters one time went to the doctor with someone and the doctor said malaria. She said, I can't have malaria. The doctor said, what do you mean you can't have malaria? She said, I can't have malaria. The doctor said, what do you mean by it? She said, I cannot have malaria. By virtue of who I am, I cannot have malaria. It ensued into an argument. The next day she got home, malaria came to, that, to, to fight that confession. And she said, you dare not. I do not have malaria. She said her body was hot. I don't have malaria. She refused to give her body to it. And after the enemy tried for a while, he left. And me, I don't have malaria. I cannot have malaria. But I remember once too, the enemy came to try that. Even there, that day, my husband said, you need to go for tests. You, you have malaria. Say me, I cannot have malaria. I will not have malaria. It's not boasting. It's not boasting. It's practice. Say with me, practice. It's practice, 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 practice. We practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and became masters. There is mastery in this scripture. Make no mistake about it. Bible says he that must come into what? Mastery. You do it by the rules. So there are rules that train us for mastery. I pray when I'm supposed to pray. I speak the right words. I meditate when I'm supposed to meditate. I spend time in the scriptures. I walk in love. I do not speak evil of one another. Hallelujah. Do you see a man that will keep himself from evil? Do you see a man that will be kept safe? According to the book of Peter, he said he must keep his lips from evil and he must, he must hate evil, keep his lips from speaking guile, seek peace and pursue it. What does the Bible now say? He said, who is it now that will harm you? Who? Who can harm you? When you are that such a person. Say, no one can harm you. If God is for me, who can be against me? That's what that guy was saying. Where is the sickness? Where is it? I have made Jehovah my Rapha. He's my healer. He's holding on to something. I don't know whether I can boast like that. But I, that's where my eyes are. That's where I want your eyes to be. Praise God. Not only in your health. In every aspect of your life. That is fruitfulness fruitfulness hallelujah so i understand who i am i am the seed of abraham i am of that genealogy accept it today we were discussing what is happening in britain how a hindu man has become the prime minister how tommy arayomi prophesied that a foreigner would be the, the prime minister of, of britain and today the prophecy has come to pass. And another Christian in a, a platform is saying that that prophecy is not, has not come to pass yet because this guy is not a foreigner. He's British. Why? He's fighting for British identity. He's a black man. He wants to be seen. Possibly he has acquired British passport and he hates the racism that is in that system. So in fighting that racism, racism he's discountenancing the word of prophecy which God has given concerning what will happen to a nation that has walked away from God and strangers have come in, eating their inheritance, taking over their land. Instead of them multiplying, they reduce in number. Don't you see the scriptures? Don't you see that that's a curse for a land that has committed idolatry, that has left God to serve other gods? The Bible says strangers shall come and take over your land, eat, take over your resources, eat up your children and rule over you. That's what is happening. Instead of a believer to cry, and cry for redemption. 
You are rejoicing because of economic policy. Praise the Lord. May God give us ten eyes. Bible says one stone with seven eyes. Jesus has seven eyes. Seven horse and seven eyes. We must see in every dimension of life. See clearly. See clearly. Don't allow your persecution, your present circumstance to color the word of God. You will lose out. You will lose out. I was telling my son, I said, there are two races. There are just two racial discriminations on the earth. Let me tell you the truth. You are in Zion. If you're not in Zion, you are identified by your tribe. If you are not a child of Zion, are you listening to me? Are you listening to me, child of God? If you're not, if you do not identify yourself as Zion, as an Israel, Israelite, you are a spiritual Israelite. Even if you like, you can say you're a natural Israelite. It's okay. God will accept it. I'd rather say that I'm an Israelite than to say that I'm from Abia State. I won't say that. I say that to fill forms. You are Israel of God. That's the identity concerning you. Go and see that is in the book of Psalm 87. He said, when God numbers the people, so he numbers all the other tribes, Egypt, Philistia, uh, um, Babylon. He calls them by name. But of this one, born in Zion. So do you see that? So you want to escape earthly identity, enter into Zion. Oh God, that's so much. That's so much. How unsearchable are your riches, oh God. Paul cried out. And we are the periphery. We are the foundation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God has called you to fruitfulness, child of God. God has called me to fruitfulness, child of God. Not just to multiply. We'll multiply, but we must be fruitful. Hallelujah. Because we must build after the pattern. There's a pattern that has been given for us. We want to look for it. We want to find it. We want to build according to what the Spirit of God is saying daily. I can no longer live my life by my natural wisdom anymore. I must ask the Lord, should I dig? Should I pursue? Should I overtake? If I pursue, will I win? That's the life that David lived. That's an instructed life. And that is a life of faith. Hallelujah. Let's begin to thank God. Oh my God, it's already almost 9.30, but this is powerful. Let's thank God. I want to be fruitful. Hallelujah. I have to be fruitful. Father, give me ears to hear. Father, give me ears to hear. Father, give me eyes to see. In the name of Jesus. Father, give me understanding. Quicken my mind. In the name of Jesus. There's someone listening to me here. You are given to craftiness. You twist, you know how to twist words and twist people. Please don't. Don't. I don't want to click on participants. I was almost tempted to do that to see if I can find the person. By looking at the names, I might be able to know. But I won't say, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just giving this one. As I bent down to pray, I saw there's someone here. You are given to craftiness. Oh, Do not be crafty with your words. 
Do not say A, even though A is fact, but it's not truth because that's not the intention. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I don't know whether I'm explaining it well. But you know, this person, you know who you are. The Lord wants you to stop that. Submit it tonight to the altar of fire. God will take it, help you overcome it. And purge your heart from tricks, tricks, trickery of men. Father, we thank you. Purge us, O God. Wash us with your blood. Cleanse us, O Father. Cleanse us, O God. Separate us unto yourself. In the name of Jesus, we declare that we are peculiar. We declare that we are peculiar treasure because we hear your voice. We obey your covenant. We keep your covenant, oh God. Father, we thank you that you have freely justified us from all things. We're not living under condemnation. Thank you, Jesus. We're living in light. We're walking in the light. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for making us, raising us into the priesthood. A nation of priests, a company of priests, a company of people that love the Lord, a company of people that fear Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless your name, O God. We glorify you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Please, if you have bread and wine in your house, I want you to take communion tonight. As you take communion, I want you to pray with this scripture in Exodus 19. That's a covenant right there. That's one of the, 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 the tokens of our covenant is the eating of the flesh of Jesus and the drinking of his blood. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then I want you to go to Revelation chapter 12 and declare that scripture over you over and over and over again. Declare that you overcome them or you overcame. What has been written concerning you and I is that we have already overcome. We overcame them. We overcame them. We overcame them. We overcame the dragon, hallelujah, through the blood of the Lamb. And declare that over and over and over again. And if there's anything before you that needs overcoming, Declare the blood, prophesy that victory through the blood of Jesus over it. Hallelujah. May God establish you tonight in his counsel, in his will, and in his purpose. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much. Please invite other people to join us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much. God bless you. Oh, the grace. Hallelujah. Fellowship, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.
Tomorrow is work for now. Please join work for now for deeper truth. I teach the elementary, I teach the basic. Praise God. If you want deeper knowledge, don't work for now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.